The National Reconnaissance Office has been acquiring a series of commercial imagery study contracts, with the latest a contract for hyperspectral imaging. The studies could lead to new approaches to imagery and image analysis. Here with details of what's going on, the director of the Commercial Systems Program Office, Pete Mund. Mr. Mund, good to have you on. Thank you very much, Tom. Give us a little bit of the background on the NRO itself. I think people like me sometimes mistakenly confuse you with the NGA, but you're actually quite a deal apart. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Office, is an IC element, an intelligence community element, and Department of Defense agency. And we're focused on delivering innovative ISR, that's intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance capabilities, to national decision makers, the intelligence community uh, folks, as well as warfighters, um, specifically with overhead reconnaissance capabilities. And so uh, what we do on a day-to-day basis is do research and development, build, launch, and operate the nation's eyes and ears in space, really. Some of the things that you have in space, then, could feed data to the NGA and other agencies. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Um, uh, the whole variety of, uh, of intelligence community agencies, as well as the broader Department of Defense, and uh, in many cases, the Federal Civilian Service as well. Okay, this latest contract is for hyperspectral imaging studies. Let's get to the bigger question of studies. What is it you're actually buying here? They are study contracts, and so we are uh, buying, uh, I'll say, a better understanding of what uh, the commercial in- industry and the commercial vendors can provide uh, that we could support. So as I said, uh, we, we do develop a variety of uh, national satellites, national uh, imagery and uh, and, and signals intelligence satellites to pursue the hard targets and missions that we have day to day. But uh, the commercial industry is uh, in- increasingly able to uh, to provide a, a good bit of value to, to us as well. And so uh, what we're trying to do is uh, get a better understanding of what's available in the marketplace and, uh, and how it might meet our needs. And things flying overhead looking and gathering data and image about the Earth, or I guess maybe things beyond the Earth, it's not just photography, is it? When you talk about hyperspectral and different things, it's really sensors looking at all parts of the electromagnetic spectrum and not just light? Yes, it is. Um, you know, obviously, uh, we have a long history dealing with uh, more traditional, I'll say, uh, electro-optical sensors. Those are the sort of images that you may see from your, your cell phones or your, your cameras. Um, we've been doing that for, for many, many years, um, both uh, on the national side and, of course, commercially as well. Um, but uh, but hyperspectral is a little bit different. It allows you to take a, a little bit uh, different view of the uh, the spectra of materials and the sort of things that it's looking at, and then really get a fingerprint of uh, what you're looking at um, to try to tell some material properties and those sort of things. All things that uh, very obviously could provide value, um, trying to ferret out the, the details that we're trying to find. What is a hyperspectral image exactly? Well, in many cases, it's really a data cube. Um, it's uh, it's oftentimes not a literal image. It's not something that you could pull up and, and make sense of yourself, but, uh, but it is a set of signatures of the sort of things that you're looking at. Um, and it requires a, a lot of uh, very specialized expertise to look at, if not uh, automated intelligence and machine learning as well. Now, this contract with a company called High Spec IQ, what is the deliverable? What do you expect to get from them? Well, the contract with uh, with High Spec IQ, as well as our other study contracts with uh, Maxar, Digital Globe, uh, Planet, and Black Sky, is really to assess uh, how these companies could provide value uh, meeting the, the needs that we have. We have a very uh, good understanding of the needs that we have. And, uh, and our overall approach is to... Uh, survey the you know what these companies can bring to bear where they could provide value and where they can we really do want to be able to to buy those capabilities and then of course only build the national systems uh, on our side where we need to to chase those even more hard and elusive targets so the uh, so what we're really trying to assess is uh, the extent of uh, of their capability what they can provide how they can provide it uh, understand the various uh, performance dimensions of it uh, and, uh, and and really try to assess uh, how it would provide value to us 
We're speaking with Pete Mund. He's director of the Commercial Systems Program Office at the National Reconnaissance Office. Are these non-traditional types of vendors that you haven't done business with before that you have found might be doing some interesting things commercially and you're trying to adopt that? Yeah, so overall, uh, you know, we, we do take a broad look across the U.S. domestic remote sensing industry, um, you know, leveraging uh, our longstanding relationships with uh, with some of the vendors out there, some of the companies that are providing value uh, for many, many years. But also, you know, there's a whole slew of emerging companies that are coming coming to bear that, uh, that really are offering some really exciting capabilities. And uh, that is one of the things that we're concentrating on is making sure we can really leverage um, all of those innovations uh, that are coming to the marketplace. So you're really writing a chapter in this overall DOD intelligence community drive to get more innovation from companies that maybe you haven't done business with before that nobody heard of until now. Yes, absolutely. It's exactly where we need to be doing. And you decided to go the contract route, that is to find out the capabilities, and then so there's the possibility that there could be a deliverable of product once the study shows that this could have efficacy? Yes, uh, of course. You know, understanding is really the first step, but what we want to ultimately provide is uh, operational capability to meet our day-to-day mission needs. And so uh, where this is heading is uh, once we do have that better understanding of what the various companies can provide, uh, we want to establish operational contracts and uh, and buy those images, buy those products in support of our day-to-day mission. And if you approach a company like this, I don't know anything about high-spec IQ, but suppose you call them and say they're doing work for mining or shipping, whatever it is they do work for, what's the reaction when, hey, we're the NRO and we're top secret a lot of what we do and we'd like to have you come in and talk to us as the federal government? Do you get a favorable response or do they say... Well, tell us more. I would say uh, it varies. Um, you know, some are a little bit more reticent than others, but uh, but by and large, uh, they all do come around and uh, and are very, uh, frankly, very open to establishing those sort of relationships. Uh, because uh, you know, we are uh, certainly the federal government. Um, we do uh, have some really important missions, and I think by and large, the companies that we interact with are very receptive to that. Uh, we we do pay attention, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, these companies aren't just being responsive to only only the government. We know how to develop systems that are are so responsive to our needs. That's not what we're trying to do here. So we really are trying to leverage the uh, the capital efficiencies of uh, what these companies can bring to bear and, and be one of those customers alongside the, you know, the other mining companies and, and the other uh, market verticals that they're trying to address as well. And do these companies have their own assets up above looking down or do they just do they in turn buy data from other sources that do have satellites, but just take a different take on that data? No, these companies generally do have satellites, uh, satellites that they own and operate and, and provide product of, and uh, we're one of the one of the customers looking to leverage that. And, and I think that's a that's a, a great leverage uh, into the. I'll say the, the general sorts of roles and responsibilities that we have across the intelligence communities. Not only uh, it does the NRO by uh, by imagery, and we're the primary acquirer of uh, of imagery and pixels for the uh, the IC and DoD, and, and frankly across the, the broader uh, federal civil agencies as well. Um, but uh, we work very, very closely with the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, who really sets the requirements. You know, they, they dictate and, and assess what what uh, what we should be looking at, and and, and look at the product itself. Um, and, uh, and and frankly, they also have a broader role in, in consuming and uh, procuring uh, commercial analytics. So when you climb that value chain, whereas we're focused on providing pictures either from a national or a commercial system, uh, they're really uh, they're really lead in uh, in making sure that they can acquire those commercial analytics where they can provide value. And I just had one detail question on this because this is really fascinating. The release says hyperspectral imaging collects many different colors of light. Any given object will have a unique signature. And it says that you can get information about each pixel 
in an image. I don't understand how a pixel can have more than one color in it, or maybe I don't understand pixels. Well, you know, one of the, the simpler ways of uh, thinking about that is uh, when you look at a color, you know, a lot of times that's broken down into a component of red, green, or blue. And it's, it's by mixing and varying the, the extent of those colors, you get a uh, kind of a different color out of that. Um, now, just imagine that multiplied by uh, by many, many times orders of magnitudes beyond that. And, and you can start to develop a, a spectra, you know, kind of a fingerprint of what's under underpinning that spot on the Earth. And it's through understanding that fingerprint, you can start to ferret out some of the unique material properties of what you're looking at. The increasing resolution of the views from space really enable this type of technology. Resolution is a, is a big part of it. Um, you know, there's been a, a tremendous amount of innovation uh, that uh, the commercial industry is uh, is able to, uh, to to bring to bear, not only in terms of, uh, you know, the miniaturization of microelectronics, the advent of uh, cloud computing and the sorts of uh, automated intelligence that you can layer on top of that uh, at scale and, frankly, with a very low barrier to entry. And then also one of the, the most important parts is the uh is the decreasing uh, barrier to entry in terms of uh, access to space. You know, just the cost of uh, getting a, a pound of payload into orbit is uh, decreasing dramatically. Um, so I think all that uh, really enables new um, and different uh, business opportunities uh, to to really explore and, and, and seek out new ways of providing value. And frankly, it's those same sort of things that are also driving uh, really increased innovation on our side as well for the sort of things that, uh, that, that we build on our side. Um, we're building a very, uh, I'll say, hybrid architecture of not only larger systems but, uh, but small systems as well, like uh, the CubeSats that we just launched on uh, one of the NASA missions. And I think uh, through you know, leveraging all those different innovations, we are uh, really being able to address a, a new generation of difficult problems. Peter Meund is director of the Commercial Systems Program Office at the National Reconnaissance Office. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.